Welcome to Seeking Paradise, Reflections on Spirituality, Community and Justice. I'm reading from the book of Acts. When the day of Pentecost had come, the disciples were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And yet how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter Standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I have to say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. It's always good to start a sermon with, I'm not drunk, honestly. This is just water. I'm not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. That's how Peter um, starts his his uh, sermon from that Pentecost story. Of course, it being nine o'clock in the morning is not exactly proof that you're not drunk, um, but it's an interesting point. That story of Pentecost is, well, it's a couple of things at least, right? It is a story of an outpouring of spirit on a particular people in a particular group in a particular moment of of great stress and difficulty in that early Christian community. But it's also a parable about diversity and unity in language and in all else, I think. And don't, worry about taking it literally don't think about whether this don't ask the question whether this literally happened ask the question what is the message here what is the writer trying what point are they trying to get across one is a point about 
the Christian church spreading to different language groups, I think, um, which sort of happens in the rest of the Acts of the Apostles. But I think there's also something deeper here, which is Pentecost is a parable designed to be the opposite, be a, a response to the story of the Tower of Babel. Now, the Tower of Babel story, one of those really ancient myths, and the Pentecost story are both stories about diversity and language and stories about unity and diversity. In the Tower of Babel story, humanity decides to build uh, one big tower and uh, God, who is sort of a, a trickster God, a, a deity that's, that's jealous and that's, that's flawed and that's, that's, that's sort of a, bit of a bit of troublesome in some ways, looks, looks at humanity building this tower and says, if they could do that, they could do anything. Nothing will be impossible for humanity if they can build such a magnificent structure. And so God says, nah, nah, nah. And, and this God scatters humanity into different cultures and different language groups. So it's, it's, it's a myth about why we all speak different languages, right? It's, it's an interesting story in that sense. And the Pentecost story, the Pentecost story is a moment where people from different language groups regain a kind of unity that they're no longer they're no longer disconnected but there's a unity that's discovered uh, across different languages and cultures the pentecost story is the response is the mirror of the tower of babel story and so just today i want to really briefly talk about three responses that we can have to questions of unity and diversity. Three responses we can have to, 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 to questions of unity and diversity. So the first response is uniformity, right? This is the kind of ideology, the, the belief that everyone should be the same that everyone uh, should all speak the same language, look the same, be the same, have the same religion. And that's, that's the beginning of the story of the Tower of Babel. There's a, a humanity that is united, but it's a united in sameness. Everyone's the same. Everyone speaks the same language. There's a unity through uniformity, through sameness. Right. And so when we think of that as a response to, to unity and diversity in our world, there are people, there are ways of thinking that want uniformity, that want sameness. And actually, I think that can come in both conservative and liberal forms. In the conservative form, in terms of religion, it's about saying my religion is the one true religion. Everyone should be the same religion. Everyone needs to come and be in the same religious group that I'm in, everyone uh, needs to be the same, but we don't want diversity. We want everything uh, to be the same. This is an exclusive theology, an exclusive approach to to religion, to my religion being the religion everyone should have that should be dominated on the earth. 
we know that, don't we? We know that form of, of religious response. Um, but there's also kind of a liberal response, I think, which is different, but actually underlining it is, is ultimately a desire for uniformity. Liberals and Unitarians have been a large part of this sometimes want to kind of create this interfaith religion want all religions to come all will all religions will come under under our umbrella we'll bring them all in it's sort of tolerance everyone's kind of there and yet there's there's a bringing together under one umbrella and what liberals often don't realize is that they're the ones with the umbrella right they're the ones who are inviting people into their space so if you're the one who's inviting people into your space you're the one with the power and you're the one kind of holding everything else, right? And, uh, and liberals do this in reducing kind of all religions to the golden rule, right? Do to others as you want them to do to you. And we say, oh, all religions speak that, all religions say kindness. Therefore, that's the only thing that matters. Um, and yes, all religions do affirm the golden rule in one form or another, all relig religions do affirm compassion in one form or another, but that doesn't mean that you can reduce religions down simply to kindness. That doesn't mean that particular spiritual practices, particular languages, particular theologies, particular beliefs, particular scriptures, particular rituals, particular ways of being are unimportant because that sort of uniformity says, oh, throw all that away, just, just you know, all religion is kindness. It's not actually. And actually, the diversity is important. There is, there, is, there is things in common. But actually, when you try to throw out the difference, the difference that is sometimes uncomfortable, the difference that sometimes creates friction, that's a kind of a, an imposing your uniformity onto other people. In terms of race, it's often the way white people talk about being colorblind. That, oh, we're all the same. I'm colorblind. I don't want to talk. Why, why do we have to still talk about race? Everyone's the same. We're all the same. I'm colorblind, right? Every person is a human being regardless of race, which, of course, is true. But that kind of forces a... a that doesn't understand that it's that it's white people who say that generally, right? And it doesn't understand that it says that the particularity of particular races, particular cultures, we ask you to leave that at the door, right? And it doesn't recognize that particular races and particular cultures and people of color who have a history of oppression um, bring that story and that experience of oppression. And often when we say we want to be colorblind, we don't want to talk about race it means we don't want to talk about the uncomfortable history of power of white people exploiting people of color we just want to jump straight to kind of uniformity and everyone's the same without doing the work of well we're not the same because other some people have different histories than other people so it's it's a liberal approach to wanting wanting this uniformity without doing the hard work around the diversity and that's yeah that's the work we have to do in this moment with police brutality of that's, that's happened in the states which does happen in the uk as well 
that's some of the work we have to do, some of the work white people have to do particularly. So that's uniformity. Um, the second response we can have to, to diversity is, is a disconnected diversity. And this is what happens to the Tower of Babel story, that there's a, uh, a scattering of, of people into different languages, different cultures. And of course, the, the fundamental thing, I suppose, about different languages is that what it means is people don't understand each other unless they take the effort to learn the language. So there's a disconnection in that. There's a not understanding in that. Um, we're all different. We're all... Uh, Therefore, we can't actually, there's nothing in common and we can't even really talk to each other. That's the response of some people. Some thinkers think different religions are so different, they're playing such different games, they're using such different languages, that actually there's nothing in common and that there's no possibility of connecting because they're just in different universes almost, they're operating in different uh, universes, different languages. Um, the problem is with that is that it, it, it removes the, the deep possibilities of dialogue, of solidarity, of, of doing the work of seeking those deeper connections um, that exist. The third response to unity and diversity is diversity and understanding, right? And that's the story of Pentecost. The story of Pentecost is when there's diversity, but but also understanding. We speak different languages, but we also understand each other. The, the, the miracle of, of Pentecost is not that everyone could understand Aramaic, right? Peter would have been speaking Aramaic. He would have, that would have been his day-to-day -day language. He might have known some Hebrew for, for religious purposes and, and Greek for the international language of the empire. But his day-to-day -day language would have been Aramaic. So we assume he would have been speaking Aramaic. And the miracle wasn't that everyone there understood his language. Everyone just thought, oh, magically I can speak Aramaic. The miracle was he and, and, and the, the, those disciples were able to speak other languages. That everyone in all their language could hear the message in their own language. It wasn't just that they could understand someone else's language, it's that they could hear it in their own language. So I think that this, this, this response to diversity means that we understand that religions really are different. They are radically, radically different. And the particulars are important, but that it's also possible to, to connect, to dialogue, to be in relationship in solidarity to be working together across across difference it's possible to do that to work together across difference and do the deep work of speaking and of listening of finding connection of of speaking different languages but understanding one another understanding the uniqueness of each language and valuing the uniqueness of each language in some of the interfaith work I'm involved in, um, there's a process that I'm going through, which is a kind of a deep conversation that I'm having with uh, a Buddhist, a Jew, 
and uh, someone who's, who's Rastafarian with other influences. And the work we're doing is not saying we're all the same. The work we're doing is saying what treasures, what individual treasures are we bringing out of our own tradition? What treasures does, does each of our traditions hold? How can we be in dialogue? How can we talk to them? How can we have those conversations together, learn, be in relationship, be in solidarity, do the work of speaking, do the work of listening? So the particularities are important. It's important, it's important to have that particularity. If you're going to make progress, that's a difficult word, but if you're going to walk along that spiritual path, it's good to walk a particular path. There are times in our lives, and there's been times in my life, when you want to be kind of a hummingbird, I think, and you know, take a little bit from here, a little bit from there of, of different, different religions of going, oh, that's interesting and that's interesting. But actually, the mature spiritual work is, is, to, is to follow a particular spiritual path and then be in dialogue with other spiritual paths. But to do the work of digging one well deeply, not digging lots of little holes, but picking a spot digging as deep as you can into that spot, creating that well that will bring you to the deep, deep waters of the spirit, and for letting that, that spirit that, that poured out of Pentecost, letting that spirit that is deep within reality, deep within ourselves, when we're open to it, letting that flow, letting that spirit come. And that's what the spiritual path is about. It's about letting that spirit that expresses through the particularity of particular traditions of particular languages, letting those traditions be wells that, that give us access to the deep, deep things of the spirit and let that spirit come.